Welcome back to our continuing studies in 1 John. These video classes are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Please have your Bible ready in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 1 for the sake of continuity, and then we'll go down and continue our study at verse 4. We're going to learn more from John about what it means to walk in the light, to maintain a good relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let's begin. I'm going to read in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him are known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. That's the reading of 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. I'll be back in a moment, and we'll start at verse 4 with our study. 1 John 3 and verse 4. Let me just pause a moment to explain that I'm doing this video in segments because of some software trouble I'm having in doing the recording. So we're now at 1 John 3, verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Some of you may have the New King James. It reads this way. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Many of us learned this verse many years ago as rendered in the King James. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. This verse and others in the Bible give us a very simple understanding of what sin is. Many of us learned about sin from this verse, the definition. 
God has given law to govern us for our good and his glory. When we disobey that law, we are guilty of sin. The Bible doesn't tell us that sin is inherited or that sin is something that happens to us apart from choice and will. Sin is the transgression of God's law. We need to be very clear about that. One of the first steps you take against sin and toward God is to recognize what sin is, the transgression of God's law, to miss the mark of his standard. God has set the standard. He does that by right of being the creator. When we miss it, when we don't keep his law, sin is the reality with all of its consequences. Now, the specific form of sin may vary. There is omitting what God has said he wants us to do. There is the commission of sin, doing what God has forbidden. There is a general attitude of indifference or rebellion toward God, embracing error, harboring a wrong attitude, John will talk about that later in 1 John 3. In every case, sin is against God, takes us away from him and his standard, making us a victim of the devil and putting our eternity in jeopardy. All right, the problem is stated in verse 4. In the next segment, I'm going to take us to verse 5 for the solution. I have verses 4 and 5 highlighted together because the problem is stated in verse 4 and the solution in verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. It occurs to me that linked together in 1 John chapter 3, we find several motives to walk in the light. The love of God in verse 1 the hope in verse 2. Now in verse 5, Jesus was manifested to take away our sins. Everywhere in the Bible and here in the New Testament, there are powerful motives to avoid sin, not only to avoid sin in terms of consequences we might suffer, but to be positively engaged in serving and honoring God the Creator by being a disciple of Christ. You may recall our study of the second chapter of 1 John. When I made the point, we have an advocate, not so we can sin, but in case we do. We have an advocate. You know that he appeared. I want to stress in the development of our understanding of the gospel and in teaching people about their relationship to the Lord, it is vital to place simple emphasis on problem and solution. I also need to add this for clarity. Faithful Christians are not people who make a practice of sinning. That wording in verse 4 of the ESV is helpful. Faithful Christians 
are not people who make a practice of sinning. That would be lawless living. But when we sin occasionally or become aware of shortcomings, we do what John has already instructed back in chapter 1. Confess our sins, asking forgiveness, knowing that we have an advocate in heaven. Described by John as Jesus Christ, our advocate, as chapter 2 begins. So, our study now resumes at verse 6 in 1 John 3. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Now see, that helps. This is another example of the bold language of the Apostle John when he speaks of sin, and he wants to convey to his readers the incompatibility of sin with relationship with God. We cannot abide in him and have our sin at the same time. We cannot continue to see and know God and remain in his favor if we abide or live in sin. I think I may have said earlier, we cannot take our sin with us into fellowship with God nor can we return to a life of sin after baptism and think that we just remain in God's favor. 1 John 3, 6 conveys to us clearly that to abide in deity means not living in sin. As I abide in God, in Christ, that is maintain fellowship with deity, I cannot practice sin as a way of life. Whoever practices sin shows by his or her sinful life they are not in fellowship with God. The NIV, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. In the New Testament, in modern English, that's a translation we seldom refer to, sometimes good, whoever continually abides in him does not habitually sin. Now, I remind us as to occasional sin, John has already given instruction about that. Back in chapter 2, verse 1, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Before we get into the next section, I think this might be a good place for us to pause and talk about something that will come up as we make our way through the rest of 1 John. In the New Testament and here in 1 John, there is a distinction to be made between occasional sin and continuing in sin. Occasional sin is not premeditated. It involves being overtaken in a trespass, a specific occasion, not a way of life, Galatians 6 verse 1. When this kind of sin is committed, you react with remorse. You repent, confess your sin to all necessary parties and ask God to forgive you. You do that as soon as you become aware of your transgression. 
That is sin that occurs on some occasion, not a way of life, not something you persist in. I suspect all of us are aware of this in our personal experience. For study purposes, we can call this occasional sin. We take care of that as John instructed in 1 John 1. Then there's continual sin. That's when you sin and you stay there. You keep on sinning. It becomes a pattern, not an occasion. And eventually, you do not care. Let me give you an example of each. The Apostle Peter's sin in Antioch, documented back in Galatians chapter 2, based on all available evidence, appears to have been a sin that he committed on that occasion as an impulse. Wrong? Absolutely. Paul considered him guilty and told him so. But we have reason to believe this was not something Peter continued in. It was not persistent apostasy. Now, the other case I'm going to give you is Demas in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10. According to everything we can gather from what Paul said in the context there, he fell into the world and apparently stayed there. So there is occasional sin to be dealt with according to 1 John chapter 1, and there's continual sin. Now, every violation of God's law is sin and incurs guilt, and all sin requires penitent confession. The purpose of this distinction is not to brush off any sin. The purpose is to see a difference given in Scripture. Observing this difference is helpful in 1 John. Regarding occasional sin, John tells us to confess our sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive us. And for this purpose, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. All of that is written in the latter part of chapter 1 and into chapter 2 in 1 John. But if we fall into sin and we continue to sin without repentance, we no longer abide in Christ and we show that we do not really know him. Making this distinction helps us with verse 6, and it will help us again when we come down to verse 9. We're ready, though, to go ahead with verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. You know, one way to guard yourself against deception is to continually review the truth, to hear the gospel story repeated, to go back over instruction you've already been exposed to, to go over it and over it again and again. The more you focus on the truth and practice the truth and preach the truth and defend it and review it, you guard yourself against deception and temptation. So John says, let no one deceive you. And then he states this truth again and again and again. He who practices righteousness, is righteous just as he is righteous. 
John has already taught this. He goes over this again to answer the threat of deception and to encourage Christians to do what? To walk in the light. So, question and answer format. Who is righteous? He who practices righteousness. Regardless of what someone assumes or professes verbally, however great the claims may be, it is not in words but in deeds that one proves himself to be righteous, to be walking in the light, washed by the blood, and in fellowship with deity. Verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now here, this distinction between occasional sin and continual sin comes into play again, and some translations show the tense better than others. The New American Standard Bible, the updated version, the one who practices sin is of the devil. Phillips' translation, the man whose life is habitually sinful. In a translation called God's Word, the person who lives a sinful life belongs to the devil. It appears to me, John is talking about those who fall into sin and stay there. They live a sinful life. Sin becomes their practice, not their occasional experience. The occasional weakness and sin that happens to all of us, I believe, does not show us to suddenly become sons of the devil. We are to deal with occasional sin as John instructed back in chapter 1. But if we keep on sinning without penitent confession, as sin becomes a way of life, we show ourselves to belong to the devil and not God. Our attachment is shown by our action. Notice the devil, according to this verse and all the other biblical testimony we have, is the oldest sinner in the world. The devil has sinned from the beginning. The devil is forever associated with sin, just as God and Christ are forever associated with righteousness. My daily way of life shows either my relationship to the devil or God. Attachment is shown by action. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. By the way, that word manifested, you may remember we encountered earlier back in 1 John 1, 2. Jesus, the word of life, was manifested. Deity became flesh. Here John describes the purpose of of the incarnation. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Again, the simple truth of the gospel is put before us. As we read the text, sin is our problem. Jesus came to provide the remedy. In the New King James, verse 8, he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning, 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. We're going to add verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. Now, if I read this from some other translations and ignored the context, I might read this and believe the child of God could not sin if he wanted to. The verse says, not only does not, but cannot sin. If I ignored context, I might jump to the conclusion the child of God could not sin if he wanted to. But we know we cannot ignore context. In the context of this epistle, John has already told us something plainly back in chapter 1, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. All John's teaching about what we must do if we sin in chapter 1 and chapter 2, all of that forbids us to draw the conclusion that a child of God could not sin if he wanted to. Let me say, the power of choice that we sometimes call free will is not removed in baptism. I shouldn't sin after baptism. In fact, I shouldn't have sinned before baptism. Nobody should sin, but anybody can if they make that wrong choice. So, before going a step further into verse 9, let's just put a marker down as an absolute. This doesn't mean a child of God could not sin if he wanted to. I think we need to look at verse 9 and think in terms of purpose, attitude, and intent. As a child of God, my purpose and attitude every day should be, I should not sin. I cannot sin. Have you ever said to someone, I cannot do that? You do not mean you're not capable of it. You mean because of your purpose and attitude and life intent, you cannot do it. Verse 9, New American Standard Bible. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. This doesn't mean you're not capable of making the choice to sin. It means because of your attachment to God, your purpose, the word, the seed growing within you. Your attitude is, I cannot do that. I will not do that. Remember the statement of David in Psalms 119 verse 11. Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I take us to verse 10. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not 
love his brother. In the New King James, it reads in this way, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Now, when we come to this kind of language or phrase, in this, we read back into the context to see what John is referring to. John, what do you mean in this? In this context, John has made it clear the practice of sin associates the sinner with the devil. The practice of righteousness associates the child of God with God. Action shows attachment. Now, John moves from the general to the specific, and that introduces the next subject. The general in verse 10 is the practice of righteousness. The one who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now, a specific, nor is he who does not love his brother. And that leads right into verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. More about that in the next class. But here's where I want to take us to conclude. Let's make all this practical. We've studied in 1 John chapter 1, chapter 2, now into chapter 3, what Christians must do today. When you take as your theme, walking in the light, and you want to know what that means, just keep reading after 1 John 1, 7. Confess our sins. Keep his commandments. Walk just as he walked. Love your brother. Do not love the world. Do the will of the Father. Practice righteousness. Purify yourself. Abide in him. Love your brother. And if you slip up, you make an occasional mistake, do what John said back in chapter 1. Confess your sins before God and repent. We have an advocate with the Father. More, starting at verse 11, the next time we have a video class. Thank you. These are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ.